The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Well, good morning, church family. Thank you so much for joining us as we jump into the Word of God together this morning. Uh, We're currently in the middle of a series called Taking Inventory. Uh, As believers, we want the Word of God to shape how we think and how we live in every area of our life. And throughout this series, we're looking at what does the Bible say about how we are to not only think about our finances, but how we're also to use them. What's the mindset? What are the practices that we are supposed to do. And this morning, as Pastor said in the video, we have several men in our church who are going to come, and they're going to give us several different practical areas looking at what do the scriptures say, what does the Bible say about how we are to live with our finances in these different arenas. Uh, If you're our guest here today, we're so thankful that you came to worship with us this morning. This service is a little bit unique for us, so thank you for coming. Uh, We're so glad that you are a part. On your way in, you should have received a service program guide. On the inside, there's an outline that you can use to follow along throughout the message. And if you are a guest this morning on that front flap, there's a connection card. I'd ask you to go ahead and fill that out. You'll want to drop that off at the welcome tent on your way out this morning. We have a small gift that we like to give you just to say thanks for coming to worship with us this morning. Well, kicking us off this morning is going to be Tim Kelly. So I'm going to invite Tim to make his way up to the platform. He's going to be speaking on the subject of biblical principles for responsible spending. Tim serves as our uh, contributions coordinator here at the church, also works on our Kidsville team, does a lot of things to serve our church family kind of behind the scenes. So I'm excited to see how he's going to come and present this morning. He also is an attorney working uh, in workman's compensation, so he definitely knows what he's talking about, so I'm excited to listen to him. So open your Bibles, open up your hearts, and Tim, why don't you kick us off this morning? All right, thank you very much, Pastor. I'm excited to share with you what God has been showing me in his word in regards to biblical spending and the principles. Uh, The theme for this morning is that we can trust and glorify God with our wise, Christ-centered spending. Now, most of us in here uh, wouldn't be spending money on sinful things. We know that that's wrong. Uh, But the Bible also talks about some pitfalls, some things that we need to look out for. One of those things is to avoid impulse spending. Luke 15, 13 through 14 says, Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So the first thing we want to avoid is impulse spending. We see it. We have to have it. We buy it without thinking about the consequences of that or what could come up. Another thing that we want to avoid is spending on distractions. In the book of Luke, chapter 12, Jesus tells a story about a man, a businessman, who spent all of his time and all of his money into building his business. But at the end of his life, God calls him a fool because he spent all of that time and all of that money on it didn't spend it on the most important thing, and that was a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus Christ. So one, we want to avoid impulse spending, but we also want to avoid spending on distractions. What would ultimately distract us from God's perfect will for our life and what's best for us? Now, how do we spend to glorify God? 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, so Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And that includes spending. Part of this is realizing that we have needs, but we also have things that we want in our life. Matthew 6, 31 through 33 says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. 
But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. As human beings, we realize there's, a few th- there's only a few things that we really need to survive. Food, water, clothing, or shelter from the elements. You might even include a house or an apartment in that. But really, everything else is just a want. There's things that we need, but everything else is a want. So you might feel that you really need that sugary caffeinated drink or your Wi-Fi your cable, even a car. You might feel like you need those things. But really, the scriptures talk about just a few things that you need. Everything else is a want. So how can we be wise with the resources God has blessed us with? So most here today have a job. You have a way that you bring in income or that you earn, and God has given you that opportunity. God has blessed you with the opportunity to work and to provide. But how can we be wise with those things? Well, Brother Dan is going to be speaking more on this, but one of the ways we can do that is to budget. Proverbs 27, 23, and 24 says, Know well the condition of your flocks, and give attention to your herds. For riches do not last forever. And does a crown endure to all generations? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. We know that riches don't last, so how can we be wise? Uh, It's attributed that Benjamin Franklin, one of our founding fathers of this country, said, if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. So a practical way that we can make sure that we're being wise is to sit down with a piece of paper or at a computer, find out how much you're bringing in, your income, how much your spending, what's going out, and if your spending is more than your income, then there's probably things that we need to cut back on. Now, the scripture also talks about spending to provide for our families. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. May it never be said of God's people that we don't provide for our families. Now, that would I, I believe that's talking about the primary needs, food, clothing, shelter. Uh, but there's some other things that the scripture talks about in providing for your family. There's verses that talk about spouses and children and parents. So I would ask you that you search the scripture to find out what God would have you to do to provide for your family. Another thing we should be spending our money on is spending to give. 1 John 3, 17 through 18 says, But if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed, in truth. I know, I think every one of us knows somebody who's been in need, in need at one point in their life. They just lack the basic necessities, food, clothing, shelter, water. And if we have the ability to meet that need, I think the scripture is saying that we should spend to meet that need. Now, you might say, Brother Tim, this is all well and good. If I had any income, if I had any spending money, I don't even have a job. I don't even know where this money is going to come from. Well, Philippians 4.19 says, My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We can have trust that God will meet every single one of our needs. Maybe not every single one of our wants, but at least every one of our needs. We can trust God with that. Now, some practical tips. How can we put this, uh, how can we implement this into our lives? Well, the first thing to do would be to pray. Pray that God would provide and meet the need. So last week, Monday, I realized I needed some new shoes for work to make appearances, so I needed some dress shoes. And at Christmas time, someone had given us some gift cards for a specific store. 
So we got in the car, and I was thinking, you know, God has been showing a lot of things in the scripture to me of how I need to trust in him. We're going to pray that when we get to the store, it'll be the right size, be the right style, it'll be the right shoe for me. We can use these gift cards and not have to use, you know, extra money for it. Sure enough, when we got to the store, the shoes were there. I'm wearing them today. Now, you might look at these shoes and say, you know, brother, you probably should have prayed a little bit more for those shoes. <laughs> but it's more than just about the shoes. It's about what God did in my heart and expanding my faith in him, relying on those promises that he has in his word. The second thing, a practical tip, would be to create and follow a budget. Make sure you know what's coming in and what's going out. See what things you can cut back on. Another thing to do is to take inventory. Before you go out and buy something, check to make sure that you don't have it already or to see if there's something that you could even sell. Believe me, there are people out there who are looking for the things that you might have that you could sell. Uh, another thing would be to bargain, negotiate, find out when the best time is to buy certain things like airline tickets or let businesses fight for your business. So don't go to the first car dealership you find and you find the first car. Go to another dealership and say, hey, they can make me this deal. What deal can you make me? And let them fight for your business. Check to see if it would be cheaper to buy something online versus at the store. There's so many things that we can do if we're just wise with the resources that God has given us. Some questions to ask before you buy. Have I prayed about this? Have I prayed that God would meet this need without having me spend money to get it? Uh, am I being wise? Is this an impulse uh, buy? You know, have I thought about this? Some questions to ask yourself before you buy something. And lastly, if you don't have the income and you don't know where the money is coming from, trust God. He has never failed to meet, or he has never failed to meet the needs of his children. We can trust and glorify God with our wise, Christ-centered spending. Pastor? Thank you, Tim. I think it was King David in the book of Psalms that said, I've never seen the Lord's forsaken or received begging bread. And the truth is, as we apply these principles that God teaches us, God will take care of us and he will provide for us. Our next speaker this morning is Gabe Waddell. Uh, Gabe is a bankruptcy attorney, so he is definitely more than qualified to come and talk about his topic, which is principles for overcoming debt. Uh, Gabe also helps our church family with our mission trips and really has a heart to spread the gospel around the world. Uh, him and his law partner, they actually have a, um, their own uh, law firm, and his partner's name is Fear. Gabe's name is, last name is Waddell, so the name of their firm is Fear Waddell. And uh, if you look at Gabe, I'm like, I, I kind of fear Waddell a little bit, uh, so... I'm going to listen really well. Uh, just kidding. Gabe just really does have a heart just to see people follow God's plan and follow God's principles and really enjoy the benefits of living a generous life. So Gabe, why don't you share with us this morning? Well, good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. You know, as, uh, as Tim told us, uh, kind of our running theme is, is glorifying God with our finances, with the money that he's entrusted us, with the things that he has asked us to steward on his behalf. When it comes to managing your finances and stewarding the resources God has given you, I will tell you from my own practical experience and from my own profession, there is one big monkey wrench that can get in the way of you glorifying God with your finances. It's a little word with big implications. It's debt. Why is it that debt can be a monkey wrench in your finances? You know, Scripture talks a lot about debt. Uh, there's a lot in the wisdom literature, for instance, in, in the book of Proverbs, gives you guidance and wisdom. You'll hear multiple quotes from Proverbs throughout the day. In fact, you already have. Because God wants us to use wisdom. 
out of that and sort of the theological underpinnings of this warning about debt uh, comes the idea that when we manage our finances, we're to serve God with those. Now, let me take a step back for a second here. Because it's important in studying debt to talk about what the Bible doesn't say about debt. There are some things the Bible does say, but there's some very clear things the Bible doesn't say about debt. One of those is this. The Bible does not say debt is wicked or evil or, or a sin. That's not in the Bible. But what the Bible does throw up is a big caution sign. The caution sign that says beware, be wise when it comes to debt. The theological underpinnings are these. In the Sermon on the Mount, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus, speaking to his disciples, gave them this warning. He said, you cannot serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. And I'll tell you for what it's worth, mammon is just sort of the old English word for money. You can't serve God and money at the same time. There's a tension. If you're trying to serve money, you can't serve God in the same way. Now, if we think about this concept of serving two masters, let's go back to Proverbs. Let's go back to that wisdom literature. In chapter 22 of Proverbs, Solomon tells us this. The borrower is servant to the lender. Now, if you can't serve two masters, but you have debt and you're a servant to that debt, think about the tension that causes. You want to serve God. You want to glorify God with your finances. But at the same time, you have to repay your debt. At the same time, you're a servant to the lender. There's a tension that's caused between glorifying God with your finances and you being a servant to your lender. And that's why the Bible says caution. Beware. Be warned. Debt is dangerous. Now, let me give you a practical example. Assume with me for a second that you need to spend $3,000. It might be your appliances need to be replaced. Maybe those dreaded car repairs finally hit you <laughs> and you have that expensive bill coming in. Maybe you want to take your family on vacation. It could be any one of those things or many more, but assume with me for a second you need to spend $3,000. Let's assume you're doing some budgeting. You look at your budget and you realize you have 50 bucks left over at the end of the month. And you can take that 50 bucks and you can go save up the $3,000. And you do some quick math in your head and you realize if you put $50 in the bank account, it will take you 60 months to get $3,000. And you do a little more quick math and you realize 60 months is five years. So, wow, that's a long time. So you look at some other options, right? You probably get those credit card offers in the mail. I know I do. And you look at one and it says, well, here's a $3,000 credit limit. I can have my $3,000 today. Now, you might read the fine print. You might realize there's an interest rate attached to that credit card. Uh, let's assume for a second you use 18% interest. I can tell you that's kind of a low average. And goodness knows if you miss a payment on that credit card, that, that average is going to shoot up. But let's assume for a second 18%. So you get your $3,000, you go on vacation, whatever the case might be. You start putting that $50 that you have every month towards that credit card payment. Now, you can see from the screen how long it takes to pay off $3,000 at 18% interest for $50. It takes 155 months. Now that's bigger math than I could do. I had to pull out a calculator. And I can tell you after pulling out a calculator, that is one month short of 13 years. So imagine with me for a second, you take your six-year-old, your first grader, to Disneyland. You spend $3,000, you start paying 50 bucks a month, flash forward, they go through grade school, they go through middle school, they go through high school. Your college freshman comes home and you're flipping through albums. Going, man, that was a great trip at Disneyland when you were in first grade. We almost have that paid off. That's, that's what we're talking about here. That's why the Bible says, 
be warned. But it gets worse because not only is it taking longer to pay, you're paying more money. In fact, if you look at the circled bit on the bottom, you can see the principal amount, $3,000. If you pay that off at 18% interest at $50 a month, you spend, I don't know if you can read that from the back, but the interest says $4,733. That means over the course of that 13 years as you paid that back, you spent more than $7,500 on your $3,000 vacation. That is the power and the warning of debt. So when you look at serving God with your finances, when you look at stewarding the resources God has given you, you have to ask yourself a question. Is it good stewardship to incur these sorts of fees, to pay two and a half times, or is it better to save? Let me give you a few practical tips. In a room this size, I know for a fact that there are going to be people here who are listening to what I'm saying and saying, of course, I don't have any debt. I know there are people in this room who have debt. Maybe it's manageable. Maybe there are people struggling with it. Let me give you a few practical tips. Practical tip number one is this. Plan for the future. Proverbs says the prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself. You know, there are, there are expenses coming down the road that you don't know about, but you can plan for. You know your car's going to break down at some point. Unless there's a miracle. Mine breaks down. You know that Christmas is going to come every year. right? You'd be astonished how many people get surprised at how expensive Christmas is every year. You know, you can know that health problems are going to come down. There's going to be emergency room visits. These are things that you can save for, for seeing what's coming down the road and hiding from it. Your second practical tip is this. If you're struggling with debt, develop a practical action plan to get out of that debt. You've already heard Tim reference budgets. That might be a theme throughout the day. We're going to talk about budgeting. When you budget, though, be careful and be wise and cautious about how you repay that debt. For instance, you can prioritize the higher interest cards first. You can also pay off smaller balances. Get rid of those. Get rid of that interest that's accruing. But even more importantly, sometimes it's good to take a step back, figure out what you can cut. Because if you're paying off debt, cutting expenses now is really an investment in your debt-free future. It's living a little simpler, living a little smaller right now so that you can live larger later. When I say live larger, I don't necessarily mean go buy a big house and a fancy car. I mean you can live larger for the glory of God. It gives you a chance to give more, gives you a chance to spread the wealth that God has given you. The third practical tip I will give you is this. There is a time and a place to know when to use the safety net. Now, in Old Testament law, debt was forgiven every seven years. That's from Deuteronomy chapter 15. Now, we don't have debt forgiveness every seven years here in the United States, but we have kind of a corollary idea, and it's called bankruptcy. And I'll be the first to tell you, I wouldn't recommend bankruptcy. If you can avoid it, that's great. It's not a fun process, but it's there as a safety net. And if you're looking at your finances and you're realizing you don't have what it takes to provide for your family, that's sort of an obvious example. But if you're looking at it, you can't glorify God through your finances. There's a time and a place to get legal counsel. Now, I wouldn't stop with legal counsel. You should also get spiritual counsel. You should know your legal options, and then you should go to some of your mentors, and you should pray about this. You should ask the Holy Spirit, what would you have for us? As we want to glorify God with our finances, there's a time and a place for that safety net. I hope this has been helpful. I wish all the blessing in the world to you, whatever stage you're at, whether you're the person who's looking at this going, I don't have debt and I'm never going to get any, or whether you're the person trying to dig out. May God bless you as you glorify him with your finances. Thank you, Gabe. 
almost scary how one little swipe adds up so much more down the road and we don't even realize it. So uh, appreciate how the Bible gives us those warnings and appreciate Gabe for bringing those this morning. Uh, well, Ruben Coronado, he's going to be our next speaker this morning. Uh, Ruben uh, serves as a certified public accountant, so he is definitely knows what he's talking about. He's also served our city uh, by being a trustee for the Central Unified School District before, and him and his wife, Twyla, they currently serve as our greeter coordinators, and they do such a great job just helping our greeting team be a welcoming church. Oftentimes, we hear people come into the church and say, it was so friendly, it was so welcomed, I walked right in and I felt like everybody knew me. Uh, that's in large part to Ruben and Twyla's ministry, just encouraging those greeters and helping all of us be a welcoming church. So he's going to come this morning. And he's going to speak on biblical principles for saving wisely. Ruben? Thank you, Pastor. Uh, the theme in everyone's speeches this morning is having God in our midst. And that's one of the things that uh, my wife and I have practiced since we got married is that uh, I tell my wife, whether well, it's two or three, Jesus is there. So I, I think that... Uh, the theme of every speaker this morning is about having the Lord in our midst. But there are hundreds and hundreds of uh, verse, Bible verses about uh, uh, money. But Second Corinthians 9a says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficient in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And also in Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto the fathers as it is this day. And of course, in regards to savings, it has to be cutting expenses. The, um, and uh, having clear communication with yourself and with your spouse is it, a good start. Um, being consistent and diligent in what uh, you're planning is very important. Uh, first, you must create a budget. In the budget, you have income and expenses. Um, and of course, a good start is that the 10, 10, 80 that Pastor preached uh, a few weeks ago, the 10% given and 10% savings and the 80% living on those uh, uh, amount of money. So saving comes from cutting expenses and it's very important not to buy things in emotions. Never go to the grocery store without a grocery list. Never go to the grocery store hungry. The uh, the thing to do is, some people say, write everything you buy so you know what you, where you're spending the money. Um, but don't let the emotion dictate what you buy. Communication and sticking to the budget is not an easy task. Um, uh, emotions are very difficult to control. And let me give you some examples where emotions can ruin your budget. Uh, when my wife, uh, Twyla, started working in Fresno, uh, there was about six or ten uh, employees, young ladies, married ladies like her, in their early 20s. And one wife saved money all throughout the year and s bought her husband an expensive watch. When the husband got that watch, he turned and went to the store and bought her, uh, charged a piano. So she, her, the wife said, honey, we don't have the money. You need to return it. So he had to return the piano because it was not in the budget. So emotions can be easy uh, thing to uh, convince you to buy things. At work, there was this gentleman that was very religious, and his uh, church was having a conference in Hawaii. 
and at that time the houses had been the prices had uh, appreciated the houses value so he went ahead and got a second mortgage so they could attend the conference in Hawaii so some of the things that you need to talk and communicate uh, with your spouse so my wife and I decided that charging a gift for each other was not really a gift uh, when my wife and I when I was 25 and my wife was 21 we bought this house and we bought it without a dishwasher uh, without a dryer uh, uh, so my father-in-law had to come over and uh, build uh, a clothesline so we could dry our, our clothes. Uh, the, my mother-in-law loaned us this 19-inch black and white TV. So we, are, we were trying to uh, spend what we had and not overspend. When our oldest daughter was in eighth grade, she came home and said, Dad, I need $800 because our class is going to Washington, D.C., and we said, it's not in the budget. The answer is no. When she finished college, uh, high school and she got accepted at UC, uh, UC Riverside, and she got a $4,000 presidential scholarship, but she still was short $10,000 for her first year tuition, and she suggested that I take a second mortgage on my house. Here's an 18-year-old telling me about a second mortgage on the house. So, of course, the answer was no. We, uh, we told her you had the choice either City College or Fresno State. So our, all our three kids went to Fresno State, but the expenses can be easily uh, moved because of emotions, and, uh, and that's where the communication and the prayer comes in because uh, sometimes the other spouse might have a better suggestion, a better idea, and of course praying, and the Lord will give us guidance in regarding to the decision-making process. Of course, fixed, there are fixed expenses. There's charitable giving, mortgage payments, rent, car payments, car insurance, utilities, health insurance, groceries, clothing. Some of those things we have to uh, pay in order to survive. But the variable expenses were eating out, entertainment, hobbies, etc. That We can control that. Uh, but again, it has to have communication and discipline. So my topic is savings, and of course, I said, as I said before, saving is about cutting expenses. You need to be able to reduce the expenses that, um, that you can afford to, and areas are cable, uh, types of cell phone service you have, entertainment, the number of times you eat out. Dave Ramsey from uh, Financial Freedom says that never to buy a new car. Uh, and also he said that Cut up all your credit cards and pay off the smallest one first until you're debt-free. And, of course, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank said that people should be debt-free by age 45, which a lot of us, that's kind of impossible because you have a 30-year mortgage loan, you know, on the house. So, um, But let's look at the facts. According to the study by uh, Go Bank Rates, more than 57% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. And there's, uh, about, according to the same survey, 78% of the Americans live paycheck to paycheck. So, again, going back to the uh, communication with the, the family is one, plus having the Lord in the midst of that discussion because uh, the Lord can provide, but we need to use wisdom and follow his direction 
areas that we need, we need to stay for is that emergency fund. We should have at least six months of expenses in case of that emergency. The retirement, in some uh, employers offer some retirement, but then there are other areas you can save money, whether it's IRAs or deferred compensation. Education, those that have children, plan ahead. If you save $25 a month, in 18 years, you'll have close to $6,000. The, um, the the largest investment that most people will, will do is buying a house, and that takes some planning too. But there's some um, areas where you can, uh, there's developers that would offer zero down. There's some developers that would help you with closing costs. Uh, I was telling a connection group the other day, my biggest fear of going to debt for 30 years cost me a panic that for three months I could not sleep because here I sign up for a house and here's a kid that just started a job that hasn't pressed probation in the job so you're not sure you're having that job for sure and my wife just barely started and but then again in, uh, once I finally signed the papers it's like the fear went away either the Lord just revealed to me that it, it was no big deal, but again, uh, buying a home is a big investment, and it's probably the, one of the largest investments that people will make. And of course, the other areas you need to save for is vacation, put some money aside for vacation, and of course, the uh, Christmas, Christmas comes every year, so you need to save money for Christmas. And again, the theme of every speaker today is about having the Lord in the midst of the decision-making process, because... Um, that should be the guiding force in our lives. Um, I think if he's involved, there's less stress, less panic. Um, I used to have this saying with my teenagers, I want this, that. Put it on the list. I want this. Put it on the list. And uh, we eventually got to it, but it was on the list. I never said no, and except that it didn't get too well received when it was a wife, okay? Just a caution. Just a caution, okay? But I still tell her, I put it under the sun because uh, it's, not, it's, it's not in the budget. But again, uh, I hope that some of these ideas will be a blessing to you. And like I said, if anything you get out of this um, speakers is that keep the Lord in the midst of everything you do. Whether it's finance, whether it's uh, going to college, and the family. Because I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge. I have three children. And... Uh, let me tell you, once they can become teenagers, they know everything. And, and if they don't know everything, they come home with references. My friend's dad or my friend's mom says, well, anyway, well, God bless you. Thanks, Ruben. I'm glad I'm not the only parent that's told my kid, no, that's not in the budget, but it's been an $8 toy from Target, not a, a $100 trip. Uh, the truth is, saving is just really, we got to look at it as I'm paying my future self. That's what I'm doing. I'm um, setting aside money so that in the future I'll be, I'll be okay, and that's a great way to look at savings. Uh, our next speaker this morning is Red Kellerhold. I'm going to invite him to make his uh, way up this morning. Red's going to talk about biblical principles for generous living. Biblical principles for generous living. Uh, Red is probably one of our longest members we've had at Ambassador. He's the deacon of our chairman. He served as a connection group leader. Him and his wife have served as connection group leaders longer than any of the rest of us connection group leaders, and they serve 
uh, our church family in so many ways. Uh, he just recently retired from working maintenance at uh, Central Unified School District. And really, uh, the thing I love about Red is he has decades and decades and decades of seeing how God has been faithful. And decades and decades of not just knowing about how to live generously, but modeling generous living. And I'm so thankful that we have so many of these guys in our church who not only know this, but they model it and they live it. And so I'm excited to hear Red come and talk about that. So Red, why don't you come and teach us how to live generously? Good morning. As Pastor mentioned in the video, he said there were going to be some men uh, that come up here that are uh, experts at their field. And I'm going to be the first to tell you I'm not an expert, okay? Uh, that's a former drip under pressure, right? Uh, so anyways, um, what it is to give generously. Um, you know, the Bible talks about in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not under your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. As a young Christian, I struggled. I struggled with giving uh, at first. But uh, as I grew in the Lord, God taught me some principles and precepts. And I think uh, we can't go by our own reasoning and our own thinking. We have to uh, know what God says in his word. And um, I believe he, is a, uh, he knows best in his infinite wisdom on how to deal with our finances and those types of things. And every other area in our life, as far as that goes, God knows what's best. It's just knowing his will and following those precepts and principles uh, laid out in the scriptures. Um, so that was something that I struggled with. But uh, I said, well, how can I grow in the area of biblical giving? Well, trust God first. That's the first thing. Uh, a little bit further on down in Proverbs, it talks about uh, honoring him in three, uh, three nine, Proverbs 3.9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy first fruits and in all thy increase, you know, acknowledge him with that. Uh, that means all uh, increase. So if God blesses you with an extra job and you make extra money, uh, hey, 10% goes to God, right? Uh, it's an automatic thing. I had a lot of bad habits before Christ, but uh, I exchanged those bad habits with good habits, better habits. As you obey uh, in these areas, you start learning how to give in, in new ways. Uh, in Malachi 3.10, uh, the Bible says, Prove him that he will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing and room enough to receive it. It might be difficult in the beginning to, uh, to get into this type of habit. Uh, but as you put God first... You know, Pastor talked about the weeks prior that the 10-10-80 rule, right? Um, first 10 goes to uh, God. Second 10 may be going to your savings account, but you learn how to live on the rest of the 80%. That causes you to look at things and how you're spending. Uh, boy, do I really need this, or is it just something I want? So when you look at those things, it, it causes you to, to make a good judgment call. But be a good steward of the... The three T's, uh, which is your time, your talents, and your treasures. Uh, the second thing is uh, learn to save money. Uh, have a good work ethic, I think, is a good thing. You know, be a good employee. Be a good worker. 
Um, be diligent about your business. Uh, the Bible talks about in Proverbs 22, 29. Um, there's a lot to be said about diligence versus laziness. And uh, God will bless your diligence in that area. In Ecclesiastes 9.10, it says, Whatever your hand findeth to do, do it with all your might. Give your all to something. Um, you know, just don't go in it half-heartedly. Um, 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says to be content in life. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So don't be in a hurry to run ahead of God. Just wait on him. Be patient. Let God uh, grow you, and, and uh, don't jump out there and just try to get, you know, everything you want in life right now, but try to plan and do things. James 1.4 says, uh, learn, uh, you know, to be patient. Let patience have her perfect work, and, um, and that's in every area. Um, the third thing I would say is just learn to live within your means. Uh, our society, as what was mentioned, is uh, it's a self-gratification world, right? We want everything. We want it now. Um, but can I afford it? You know, is it something that I can afford? Um, you know, what was talked about earlier is know your budget. Know what, what you have coming in and what you got going out. Uh, that helps. Uh, if you got more going out than you have coming in, it's not going to work for very long. And uh, you're going to find yourself having to, you know, keep borrowing money. And that's, that's not a good thing. Um, get the habit of, of maybe going in the cash system, learning how to pay cash. Sometimes it's harder to reach in your pocket and pay that $5 for this or the $10 for that for whatever it is. Uh, but it's easy to go whoosh, whoosh, pull the card, right? Just swipe it. Swipe the card. And, uh, but we don't realize at the end of the month how many times we swipe that card and how much it's going to cost us in the long run. But, um, you know, if you save your money for whatever you want to buy, then by the time you've saved that money, you, you think, well, man, man, I worked a lot of hours for that money. Do I really want to spend it on this particular thing? Maybe, you know, God will change your mind in that after you've worked so long for it. But, uh, you know... Uh, credit cards. That was the first thing I did when my wife and I met. She'll, she'll tell you this. I said, hand me all your cards. <laughs> and I cut them all up. I cut every one of her cards up. And uh, I said, I don't want to live, you know, by using these cards. And so um, that's a good thing. If you're going to use a card, there are ways to, to utilize the card. A lot of credit card companies will give you incentives, points, for, you, you know, using that card. So if, if you have the money and you're going to buy a particular item, don't use your money to buy the item. Use the card. Get the points. Get whatever you, uh, benefit or thing that you can get from it and, uh, and then pay it off at the end of the month. Don't let it go on. And that way you can earn a little bit extra and, you know, Stay at a motel for free or whatever. It won't cost you. Um, another thing is to learn to live frugally, okay? McDonald's has great hot coffee for a buck, any size. And uh, you can go there and get a good cup, of co good cup of coffee, but otherwise you can go to five bucks and 
spend five dollars every time you go there and and that adds up quick right um, another way to save money is shop at thrift stores versus going to a big name department store for something thrift stores really have some nice things and your money can go a lot further uh, in doing that it was mentioned about buying a brand new car you know um, hey buy a car for a thousand dollars and buy it uh, it may last you two years three years but uh, it's yours and you're not paying interest rate on a car and um, and then as God prospers you you can upgrade sell the car add some to it pretty soon you're driving a little nicer car right and uh, but to buy a brand new car, the moment you drive it off that lot, you already lost $5,000, I guarantee you. But um, another way to save money is to clip coupons when you're grocery shopping, right? Um, save coupons. The thing about doing these types of things is it takes time. It takes time to, um, court, to put it all together. Uh, my wife will, when she goes grocery shopping, she'll go to the ads and see what's on sale. And there are stores that will price match. So you can go to a particular store and they'll price match all uh, your items and, and you'll save. Instead of driving clear on this side of town and then driving clear on that side of town to save a few bucks or this or whatever. But you can save money that way. Um, Another thing is to try to do your own repairs. Uh, if something breaks down, um, you know, try to, try to fix it. See, what, see why it's broke and what is it going to take to fix this thing. You'll be surprised in, in what you know if you just attempt to try, right? Uh, it was always, my dad always said, uh, can't never could because can't never tried. So uh, try it. You'll be surprised what you know when you get into it. And there's a good, um, excellent resource. It's a, it's a thing on uh, this phone app. It's called YouTube. And YouTube, uh, there is a lot of resource and help that you can get in YouTube. I've used it uh, many times. Um, another way is uh, lunch. You go to work, oh man, I, I need lunch. So instead of making it in the morning before you go to work, taking a little brown bag or a lunch box, ah, it's just easier to go buy lunch somewhere. And at the end of the week, you'll be surprised on how much you spent buying lunch out as opposed to buying a loaf of bread and some meat and whatever, make, make your lunch. It goes a long ways. But uh, anyway, I know we just have a few minutes, and I just wanted to share a few things. I uh, hope that's a help and an encouragement. And with that, Nick. Thank you, Brother Red. Really, the, the idea, what I really wanted to do is have Debbie come up here and talk about how to respond graciously when your husband takes away your credit cards. Um, uh, no, the truth is uh, we want to live frugally. We want to live within our means and try and save money so that we can be a part of what God's doing uh, by giving. Uh, every year when my wife and I, we get our, our year-end giving statement, you know, it makes all the sacrifice worth it when you see, man, look at how much we were able to give. Look at how God allowed us to be generous in these different ways. And that makes the making your lunch at home or making your coffee at home 
all the worth it. Because sometimes, uh, like Ruben said, our emotions do get a little bit strong, but sacrificing so that we can live generously uh, really is worth all of it there. Well, our final speaker is going to be uh, Dan Irmler. Dan's going to make his way up here to the platform. Uh, there really isn't much that Dan and his wife, Brian haven't done around here. They've served our teenagers. They've served our kids. They've served as connection group leaders. They have discipled people. Uh, there's so many people who are here in this room right now that they've just poured their lives into, and so we're so thankful for them. Uh, not only does Dan have a heart for his church, he also has a heart for churches around the country, and he's the CEO of an organization called Church Hero that just makes easy-to-use software for churches, and he's going to come and show us uh, some biblical principles for effective budgeting. Dan? Well, hasn't today been good? I mean, there's been a lot of practical things that we have learned about spending and not spending. It's probably more than the not spending side. How many of you guys are with me? I need to stop spending. And so today, today I get to talk about budgets. Everyone's like the sigh over the room. No, not budgets because we all feel guilty. It's kind of like a diet. Like we all know we ought to be doing more. And then it's like, oh, man, we got to talk about budgets. And here's the deal. I'm going to say this. Everybody should have a budget. Okay. Everybody needs a budget. And here's what I'm going to do. How many of you like me in the past have struggled with budgets? Can we, can, we're in church, people. It's okay. Yeah, struggling with budgets. So what I want to give you today is not this. I'm not a CPA. I, 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 when I'm sitting down here, I'm like, wow, these guys, you know, Tim being a lawyer. We got another lawyer. I was, I was thinking I might be the only not lawyer coming up here, but hey, I, I made it. Um, and there's some really smart people. So this is the budget for people like me, just simple you're not naturally, maybe you're a right brain creative, you're not that left brain, you're an analytical person. And so this is who this is for. If you're, all, if you're sitting there and you're like, Dan, I am, man, I'm a budget king, I'm a budget queen, man, I am good, but it's my spouse, you're going you're gonna to benefit from this. This will actually be helpful for you because some of you are in a marriage where one of you guys like to save and the other likes to spend and that causes some friction. Um, so that's who this is for. Also, it's for someone who's maybe um, gone to you and you've tried to help them with the budget. You know, you've broken down the Excel spreadsheet and you're like, okay, go for it. And the person just kind of walks away with this like big gleam. They're like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't even know what Excel is, you know? Um, so this may be a good, this may be a good first step for that person. Okay. So when I think of a budget, I think of Proverbs 22, three, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer. If you're living today without a budget, without a, a game plan for what to do with your money, you're going to run into some dangers. You're going to run into some situations where there's some unexpected bills or some unexpected emergencies, and it gets tough. How many of you have ever been or ever experienced that financial uh, stress and pressure and you didn't know how that bill was going to get paid. Yeah, we've all been there. And everyone's like, I don't want to raise my hand. We've all been there, okay? We've all had those nights where we've stayed up thinking, I don't know how this is going to get paid. And that is stressful. So here's what I want to do. I want to get you, if you're not on a budget today or you're trying to help somebody with a budget, I want to talk about a simple automatic budget, I'm telling you, if there was an automatic diet, can you imagine if there was an automatic diet where uh, no matter what, that diet was always working for you, whether or not you had the willpower for it? That's what I want to do. I want to build an automatic budget for you. That in those times where you want to spend or those times when you want to maybe uh, put a little bit more on that card or um, you want to kind of deviate from it, that budget's working for you. So that's what basically I'm going to be walking through today. Here's what I found. Me and my wife... Um, Man, we, if you've ever been in a situation where you're not guided by a budget, you can get off track. 
And this happened early on in my marriage. We, uh, we were getting into our first home here in Fresno. We found a good deal in a little house, and we thought, man, we're going to go in, and we're just going to put some nice carpet down, put some paint on the walls, and it's going to look great. And I don't know why, but like halfway through it, I mean, I don't know if these fixer-upper shows got into my head, but I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go full-on Joanna Gaines on this thing, and we're going to like, you know, I'm glad one person, <laughs> there's some people out there who know who jo- Joanna Gaines is. I think in the earlier service, people were like, I don't know who she is. Um, but yeah, I started to remodel this house. I mean, we went, and we, we, we took everything down to the studs, and by the time we were done, we had spent thirty thousand dollars on remodeling this beginner home which was absurd don't do that okay guys if you take nothing away don't do that and I remember my wife came in to me and again this was this was quite a while ago and she said hey Dan one of our cards isn't working I'm like man that's that's not good and basically yes I had taken our cards I had maximal not just my cards but her cards as well which that that you're gonna have an argument guys like you and your wife you're <laughs> that's not a good place to be um, and I was operating without a budget. And again, I'm not one of these people who are super analytical. I'm not one of these people who have crazy amounts of willpower to always be looking down at a budget. I needed something that was practical for me. And we did. We made some crazy changes. And some of you maybe are in that boat today. What we did was we took that house that we remodeled and we rented it out. And then we moved into a two-bedroom apartment, and we rented one of those bedrooms out. You may be in that type of situation. So we got serious about debt reduction. But on top of that, we realized it's not just getting rid of debt. It's having a budget so you stay off of debt. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to walk you through. I'm going to be honest here. This is a lot. There's a lot of information I'm going to be giving you. Um, But basically, it's an automatic budget. I want something that's working for you. So, So again, what can you expect from like an automatic budget? Never miss paying an important bill. That's the, man, I've you, uh, we all, uh, some of us are getting those um, bills for our car registration. They, they start going up. It starts going up pretty quick if you don't pay that thing off. Um, build a real savings account. All of us need to have savings. That's important. Be generous in giving. I, mean, I think that's super important to be generous with our finance, whether it's with our friends, our family, our church, uh, and then reduce financial stress. So a good automatic budget to do all of these things. Okay, here's the deal. Now, if you have struggled with a budget, there's probably been times where maybe you listened to Dave Ramsey or, or you, were, you were, you know, in a situation where you were in a seminar or something. You're like, I need to get back on track with my finances. And then you end up like, you know, you get out of, you get out of the seminar, you get out of church, and you go to lunch, and you're like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe I don't need to do that after all. And then it's two, three weeks later down the road, and you still don't have a budget. So here's what I want you to do. This budget is something you can do today. We'll actually have worksheets in the back that you can grab on the way out. I would say this. Take a immediate action. If you don't have a budget yet, you need one. Okay, it's going to be that North Star kind of guiding you, and I want you to take immediate action. Don't don't let two weeks go by before you jump on it. I'm telling you, a budget will de-stress your finances. So take immediate action. Now, in order to kind of lay the groundwork for how this, this very simple budget works, there's a couple things that kind of hit me about finances that maybe you might uh, find interesting as well. I, I, I kind of realized that money, money, money naturally leaks out of our accounts. Have you guys noticed that? Uh, I have, you know. I thought, man, I didn't real. I don't think I went to Starbucks that many times. I don't think I ate out that many times. And you're going through the month, and you're like, oh, man, hundreds of dollars. But it, nothing big. It wasn't like you went to Costco or, you know, you bought a new TV. It was just a little things. Money naturally leaks out of accounts. It's just a natural part of it, okay? So I, I kind of realized that. Also, bills, bills cause the majority of stress, 
when it comes to finances. What I mean by a bill is something that gets turned off or taken away. So I, I, and, and think about it this way. You know, you not being able to go to Taco Bell, you know, you're hungry, you can't go to Taco Bell, there isn't money in the account. That's not going to really stress you out. Maybe you just go home and, you know, you dig through the covers and you figure out. You knowing that the electricity is going to be turned out in a couple of days, which one's going to stress you out more? Not being able to go to Taco Bell or, the, you know, the electricity getting turned off. So bills cause the majority of stress. So we got a, a budget's going to help us take care of those bills, okay? Most of the money, here's the third kind of interesting uh, principle I kind of learned. Most of the money you make isn't actually yours. Oh, man, I hate this. Um, you know what? Most of the money we make, we've committed to other things or other places or other people. Think about it this way. Your housing, that's a big chunk of your money. You've committed that to something else. You've committed that to that mortgage age, that mortgage company. Um, your car, you know, you've committed making a payment to that dealership or that credit union. So most of your money just isn't yours. Most of it's already been committed. And so instead of thinking it like, man, I make this big old pool of money. No, you don't. Your actual money that you make is a smaller pool. You've got to protect that. And that's why these leaks are so dangerous because the leak isn't coming from those big. The leak's coming from that little bit of money that you have left. Okay, so here we go. So now we're going to step into the automatic budget. And there's three steps you have to take to building an automatic budget. Again, at the end of this, there'll be some worksheets in the back, but I just want to give you a uh, kind of a, a walkthrough on what this thing is. But first off, you have to go to, if you want an automatic budget, you need to go to the move to a three account model. A three account model is this. Instead, most of us have like a, you know, B of A account, a Chase account or something. And that is where we put our income into. But then we also have a debit card to it, right? Like we have a debit card and we go out, you know, we spend our checkings put. And we, so we use this one account, but that's the account that we use to pay all of our bills. It's the account that we swipe with cards. The same account that we'll go to Taco Bell with, we'll also make our mortgage payment with. You need to switch to a three account model. Here's the three different accounts. One account is long-term savings, okay? Long-term savings. You're going to put money in there and you're going to forget about it. One account is just where all of your income goes into. So it's kind of your, your brain, your central account. That's what I call it. And then there's a, an account called a living account. See, the goal is if money's going to leak, you don't want it to leak out of the account with all the money. Does that make sense? So if you can say, hey, I know living expenses is where it, right? You, you need to go pick up that pair of shoes. You need to run into Costco. You need to, you know, th those things that leak, let's take it out of that living account, okay? So we're kind of breaking it up into three accounts. Um, what I recommend on that living account, this is what me and my wife have found um, just because uh, it's easy to spend money. It just is. It's easy to swipe that card that we want an account that doesn't have overdraft fees, okay? You sh you do not need to have on a card that has overdraft fees. There's lots of banking companies out there that you can sign up for that basically what happens, you know what happens when you use a card and there's no money in it? They don't charge you 35 bucks, they just decline the purchase. And so there's uh, companies like simple.com, they do this, there's other, there's other companies. Again, just Google, um, you know, no out overdraft freeze card, and that's the kind of card you want to use on your living expenses. That means you're never going to get hit with, oh man, I made three, four payments, and then, oh no, I have three, four overdraft fees. Have you ever been there? That is a horrible feeling, saying I don't have money, and on top of that, I got $120 in overdraft fees. That's a horrible feeling. I've been there. That's, that's rough. So the way we can avoid that is, hey, if we have a card that's not, that does not have overdraft fees, it just kind of shuts off. So this three account model, we have our central kind of brain account where the money goes in, and then we have a long-term saving account, and then we have our living account. This is the account that we use for all of our living expenses, gas, uh, clothing, uh, food. It's kind of that account. Okay, 
That's step number one, move to a three account model. Step number two is automate. This is a wonderful thing. So it used to be a day, like when I was, um, when I was in grade school, they were like, this is how to use a check. <laughs> you know, you pull out the check and you write your name on it. How many of you that? Do you know you don't have to use checks or, you know, most of these things, any, I mean, I, we do a little bit, but for the most part, everything's automated nowadays. You can have everything, basically bills get paid online. You don't have to write checks. You don't have to think about it. You can automate it. So here's what I recommend. Since your income's going into that main central account, automate out your bills. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, Tim can let you know. We automate, automate out our giving. We have a check that's sent from our bank to Ambassador Baptist Church every single week. It's because we just automate this all out. So you, you would be amazed at what you can uh, automate as far as bills. But don't just automate the bills. Automate the savings. And then what we also do is we automate our living expenses. So we don't think of our money being all this one central account. We think of our money as basically what, what gets put into that living expenses. And so then we live in that account. So automate. Automation is probably one of the best things you can do. You can basically set it up in one afternoon and you're good to go. So step number one is move to a three account model. Step number two is automate bills and deposits. And here's step number three. Remove all easy access to the central account. Okay, this is a big one. We don't keep a debit card to our central account. Because you know what? If we have a debit card, even in our home, there's going to be, oh, hey, we have an emergency. We're running to Costco, which means we're going to spend $500, um, you know, that, that, that cost, you know, you're running. And so we don't keep a debit card. We don't make it easy to get to that central account. The only way we can spend easy, quick money is on that living account. And when we run out of money in it, the car gets declined. Funny story, not really fu uh, funny story. I, was, I take my kids to Panera Bread sometimes uh, before services. My wife is working the info desk. And I was there, and uh, I was like, hey, babe, I, I need some money in my, uh, my simple account. I don't have any money. Uh, she keeps the, the bulk of it. I said, can you send me over a couple dollars because I can't, I don't have anything to so I get up there, and I, she said she was going to send money, and I go to put in the car, and it's like declined. And that's always, and I got my three kids, and the guy's like, hey, I get it, man. You know, rough times for all of us. I'm like, no, no, I got some money. So I run out to the car, I'm like pulling shade. He's like, no, man, it's okay. I understand. Three kids, got a lot. So there's going to be situations where you just don't have money, okay? I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. And what we've done, like literally Brian and I have gone into weekends where we're like, oh, we want to go do something or we want to go spend, but we don't have access to that central account and we don't have access to our long-term savings. We're literally, we're like, okay, we're going to have to sell something on Craigslist or Marketplace if we want to go out of town this weekend. And it just forces you. But you say, Dan, is that stressful? No, because I know when I go to bed, all my big bills are being paid. I know that I'm saving. I know that I'm being generous to my church. That's all automatically taken care of. The only thing I'm having to figure out is whether or not I can, you know, afford Taco Bell that night. So again, this de-stresses everything. Okay, so that's the three simple. Make it hard to get to that central account. And I'll say this, um, some of you are super blessed and both of you are savers. Again, this is probably, you're like, Dan, that sounds so weird. In my situation, we're both spenders. It's not that we're, we love to give, we love to be generous, but we just don't think about money. It's just not something that happens. We're just kind of like, we think about it when it's like stops running out. It's like, hey, this isn't working. <laughs> you know, it's just not our mindset. We're both creative type people. And so this is for the people who you say, man, if you have a spouse, rather than just, you have got to be like me. 
you have got to finally figure this out and get detail-oriented and like spreadsheets. And, you know, why not just give them a simple card and say, hey, buddy, you know, when this, when this runs out, you know, that's what me and my wife do for each other. It's not that weird. And say, hey, when this, this is your money. When it runs out, it's all gone, <laughs> you know, until next week. And that's totally okay. Rather than you trying to force your spouse to be exactly like you, work as a team. Okay, lastly, we have a simple spreadsheet where it basically walks through everything I went through. It's going to have a monthly bills column. So you're going to sit down and write out your monthly bills. It has a living expensive column where you're basically going to talk about those living. Like we put things in living. We put our gas in living expenses. Here's the deal. If we can't afford gas that week, you know, we're just going to maybe put a little bit less in. We're going to go sell something on Craigslist or, I mean, serious. I'm, I'm being totally serious, but there's no... St- that's not stressful. Again, you're going to incur stress with finances when a bill doesn't get paid, when something gets turned off or taken away. We're not worrying about that because those are all automatically getting taken care of. So actually, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to be like, hey, what, what can we sell around our house so we can go have a date tonight? That's, that's totally okay. It's kind of going to Indiana Jones or something uh, with that. So that's, that's, that's not crazy. Um, so we have a living expenses. So again, that's clothing, food. We put that into living expenses. That's what comes out of our simple account. And then we have our savings and giving. And then lastly, our monthly income. At the bottom, there's this little formula, and there's three steps. If you do that today, you will be on a simple automatic budget. Again, I, I don't know that you need to stay on this one forever. There's probably some better budgets out there, but you need to be on something. If you're not today, if you're sitting there, you're like, ah, Dan, I've never got around to being on a budget. Hey, why don't you jump on this today? Okay, that's basically it. Thanks, Dan. I want to say thanks again to all the guys who uh, really took some time, and if you've ever done public speaking, you know it's nerve-wracking just being up here, but also just taking the time to put together the presentations and really helping us so that we can glorify and honor God, even in the area of our finances. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.